Hey everybody, it's me, Devin. This is Wildlife. Yesterday I learned a pretty fun new word for an ostrich. Pantless thunder goose. I thought that was pretty cool. I don't think I can call them anything else ever. But, uh, yeah. Today? Today we're going to talk about something that's, uh, you know, pretty, pretty important to me. Something I, I normally, I have a blog post that I share usually, and I post about it relentlessly this time of year, whether or not people listen, people adapt it, uh, I don't know, I don't know, but you know, here it is, in a, in a different form. Despite being on this planet since the Triassic period, that was around uh, 250 million years ago, turtles around the world are facing unprecedented losses due to the plethora of ways that a newcomer to this rock, new in a relative geological timescale sort of way, um, has been able to change the environment and the landscape on really just a completely unrivaled scale. Us. I'm talking about us. It's that time of year. It's the time of year that a spin on a classic joke about a chicken comes to life as thousands of turtles are seen crossing roadways and trails, leading many to wonder... Why? And how can I help? I don't know that many really actually wonder how they can help, um, but you know what? You're going to learn. You're going to find out today. But before we answer that second question, it's more important to understand the nature of this annual observation. Turtles crossing the road aren't the result of random wanderings, and if you've ever witnessed one, you've probably noticed a certain deliberate determination in their stride. That's because turtle crossings are anything but random. There are a few reasons turtles cross roadways, namely moving to new habitats such as seasonal wetlands, or the big one, journeying to lay their eggs. Of course, there is a third reason which pertains to what will eventually become the hatchlings heading to water. In mid to late May and June, female turtles begin trekking to nesting sites, typically the same ones year after year after year, though the exact location might change a little bit. Sometimes these spots are right by the water, sometimes not so much. Nesting sites might be hundreds of meters away from the nearest water source. This means crossing wetlands, fields, woodlands, uphill, downhill, and you guessed it, roads. Roadways, trails, sidewalks, and other human-made paths, they fragment the landscape. Frequently, this fragmentation occurs near bodies of water, and for a variety of reasons. People tend to settle near water, which means roads. People enjoy scenic drives, which means roads, etc. This means that as more and more roads and paths are constructed, more and more turtles will have to cross them to get to where they need to go. It's like Frogger, but with turtles and real-world consequences. That's where you come in. Injured turtles with cracked shells, they might not die immediately. They might struggle and suffer for hours, days, or weeks. Turtles crossing roadways are most likely females, either on their way to lay eggs or on a return journey. If an egg-bearing turtle is struck, that means those eggs will never have the chance to hatch, and that mother will never have a chance to lay eggs in the future. Turtles reach reproductive maturity at just a few years old, and they can contribute multiple clutches of eggs to the population every single year. As it is, many hatchlings never make it to adulthood due to predation or other environmental factors. Human drivers? 
they can be the final nail in the coffin for many turtle populations if they aren't careful. If you see a turtle crossing the road, here's what to do. First thing, slow down and pull over. Of course, if it's safe to do so. Your safety obviously is a top priority. It's very important. You don't want to do anything dangerous. But if it is safe, slow down and pull over. Turn on your hazards and get out of your car so you can signal to other drivers. If the roadway is relatively clear and straight without any close curves or blind spots, and if the turtle seems to be on a good pace, let it just finish going on its own. It knows where it's going, and no interference is the greatest gift that you can give. Think of yourself as a watchful guardian to your shelled neighbor. I always like to put it like this. If you care, leave it there. If the traffic is relatively busy or allowing the turtle to cross on its own isn't really an option, safely pull over as in what we've just said. <laughs> uh, turn on your hazards, look both ways, give a helping hand. It's important to firmly but gently grasp the turtle on its sides, head facing away from yourself, positioned so that your hands are between their front and back legs on either side. Ah, you ask, but what if it's a snapping turtle? To which I say, ah yes, and some soft-shell turtle species can be particularly feisty, and you say, ah, I didn't even know that. I didn't know that some turtles had soft shells, and I say, yes, many do. You know what? I'm glad you hypothetically asked. Snapping turtles in particular can be quite scary to handle. Their necks are substantially longer than the first appearance might suggest, and they're able to incredibly quickly reach their necks out and back along their carapace to the back feet. Part of their snapping nature. It's a snapping turtle after all. Here's the deal. Unless you're experienced or under pressure to do so by a conservation officer like I was the first time I ever had to handle one, don't use your hands if you can help it. Some may have heard or seen that you can pick up a snapper by their tail. I need to be as clear as possible, hence the very prolonged nature of my speak at this moment. Do not pick up a snapping turtle or any turtle for that matter by its tail. Despite what cartoons might have you think, Turtles cannot come out of their shells, unless, of course, you're talking metaphorically in a social nature, perhaps? Their shells are attached to their spine. If you pick up a turtle by its tail, it's essentially the same as yanking its spine, and that can cause some severe spinal cord damage. Best thing to do is give them the safe space to cross. If they really do need an assist, you can usually nudge them along with a large stick. Maybe keep a broomstick in your trunk if you got the space. I know that sounds like a lot, but really, is it? It's not so much. Better yet, they might actually bite down or clamp down on, on the stick or something that you have, and you can use that to lead them across the road. Sort of like a bulldog on a leash if you've ever had that wonderful experience. When moving them across, move them in the same direction they were traveling before you pick them up, and try to stay as in line with their path as possible. If you move them to the wrong side of the road, they're likely to turn right back around and into harm's way after you leave. If on their way to lay eggs, you might disorient them and prevent them from reaching their nesting site. Never take the turtle with you and relocate it to an area you think is safer or to a body of water. Trust me, the turtle's judgment is better than yours. Last thing you can do, record your find. Help out science and researchers by recording your find 
on services such as HerpMapper. The link will be in the description of this podcast. Or your state natural resource department might have a citizen science turtle monitoring program. So with that, you can probably Google a little bit and find it. Now that you've learned all the steps, it's time to get out there and save some turtles. Before I go, I would like to thank our patrons from patreon.com, Chris Trenkel, Matt Capel, and Andrea Lloyd. Without you, uh, we would not be able to keep this going on, in the way that we do. Um, we really, really appreciate your support. If you are interested in becoming a patron, getting a whole bunch of cool perks, and of course, supporting what we do, uh, especially what we're about to be doing. If you haven't heard, starting September 1st, we are going to be having weekly podcast episodes. We're on a weekly blog release schedule. Um, the podcast details are, are pretty cool and exciting. We're, we're even upgrading our equipment, and we're going to be doing some like local hikes, all, all kinds of really, really cool stuff. If you haven't heard and you want to learn more about that, um, check out the link in the description of this podcast episode. But again, if you'd like to become a patron and support all of those amazing things, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash thewildlife. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash thewildlife. Thanks. Until next time, this has been Devin, Devin Boker. Said that like I'm James Bond. I'm definitely not James Bond. Not nearly as cool. Certainly not as suave. Never had a martini. Anyway, until next time. This has been Devin. This is Wildlife. And yeah. See you later.